0: Brad, getting back to roy i mean he's one of the hall of famers he's he's great he's special uh he's you know worked through some difficulty too um and just you know persevered and had an amazing career and all you can do is celebrate it and think of all the relationships he's created um and thank him show gratitude and um, i know he'll do great things with his grandkids and his family and we're just grateful to have have had him and been able to you know see him do his work
1: opulent inventory Our proud partners here on the show. Now you can finally have the Apple product times the Apple guys. That's right. From AirPods to iPhones to MacBooks to Apple Watches to trade-ins and much more. Now you can have the Apple product of your dreams. Promo code podcast gets you 20% off. That's right. 20% off on any Apple item. Visit Opulent Inventory. Nash and Guardian. Those are great guys on all social media platforms, and on Instagram. Now, let's head back to the show. Another gorgeous evening on the Subby Podcast show. Season 3, episode 30, Mike. 31. <laughs> it's, uh, you, start losing, you start losing track when, you, when, when we keep doing these episodes. But we've got a great lineup today, man. Arguably our best yet. Um, I'm excited to have some of our guests that we have going on today, Mike. Um, Just to enlighten us about the Final Four and everything that is going on in the national semifinals and to see who will be crowned national champion of this year's March Madness bracket. Um all smiles over here. My man Mike. How are you doing? Oh good
2: brother. All smiles. Yeah. When you when you when we continuously do these shows every week, sometimes you can take it for granted. But man, when you think of 31 and we're on season, you know, the seasons, we're on season three and stuff. So it's uh it's been a long journey. It's been a it's been a great journey as well. And um you definitely enjoy the process along the way. And um I, I definitely have for sure A star-studded cast today. You know, I I, I put the same... is the same feeling, the same good energy that we we put into every show. So, let's get to it. I love it. Um, I'm here here with you, brother.
1: Yep, absolutely. I agree with that for sure. Let's start off real quick. Um, Let's start off today with the NFL. News is coming out that, obviously, there's projected to be, Mike, five five quarterbacks in the first 10 picks first 11 picks a matter of fact um first Mm -hmm. 15 if you want to stretch it out there depending on uh team needs there's been a lot of noise about maybe trey lance moving up we know about zach wilson wilson he's getting a lot of buzz and of course mac jones um who was projected to be probably like the fifth quarterback to be picked up but now he's Creepingly moving up as high as three to the uh, 49ers in terms of fit. And then, of course, obviously, you've got Justin Fields projecting like five quarterbacks in the top 10, top 15, and all in the first round. This has to be the best quarterback class in recent memory yet. It, this just has to be.
2: Five quarterbacks are, are highly talked about. the highly talented. They're heavily anticipated to go very high in these drafts. And, and you see, um, the assets that they are because a lot of these teams are trading up. The, you saw what the San Francisco Forty ers did. Uh, you, it's it's a potential of other teams like the Denver Broncos potentially trading up uh, into the top ten to get to get one of these quarterbacks. It's it's star studded and uh, it's franchise uh, leading uh, contention quarterbacks. So it's gonna be interesting to see. But um, yeah, of these five, of these five, it's a lot that impressive. Of course, Zach Wilson is the talk of the town because of how uh, he wowed the recruits and stuff at his pro day and stuff like that. But um. You know, it's a lot of challenge. We still got Trevor Lawrence out there, um, uh, Justin Fields at number one could be very interesting because of Jacksonville being right there. Um, I don't feel like Trevor Lawrence is an automatic lock. Justin Fields could easily go right there because of that Ohio State connection. So it's a lot of interesting pieces right there um, that we still have to see. Really, to
1: you see. think you think Justin Fields will go ahead of Trevor Lawrence? Listen, listen, I listen. I, I Yo,
2: sometimes, <laughs> listen. Sometimes, sometimes it's not always about you know the the best player, but the best situ- best player for that situation. That Ohio State connection is real, and I, I'm not saying that it will happen. Trevor Lawrence more than likely will go number one. Um, but Justin, I wouldn't, I wouldn't rule out a possibility. I wouldn't rule it out at all because of that Ohio State connection. That, that, that means something. And um, so, j- j- if that does happen, man, it could shake up a lot of things as far as you know where where other quarterbacks go in the draft. So it's it's gonna be it could be interesting, man. It's it could be interesting. It's a lot left to be played.
1: I'll say this: there's there's absolutely no guarantee. There, there is absolutely no way on planet Earth that Justin Fields goes ahead. Uh, over Trevor Lawrence let me tell you this Mike Trevor Lawrence is the best quarterback that is coming out since Andrew Luck like as in terms of like graded this man was anointed the number one overall pick last year even as a freshman when he won the national title game so there's absolutely no way that Justin Fields goes ahead of uh, of him as the top pick now I get it Urban Meyer recruited um uh, Justin Fields to transfer from Georgia to come to Ohio State. I get that. There's the connection there, but there's absolutely like, come on. Can you imagine Trevor Lawrence sliding two or three to to uh, Kyle Shanahan or to <laughs> or maybe to to the Jets? Now let's hope he doesn't go to the Jets, but um, they're a dysfunctional franchise. But then nah, he's he's a lot to go as the number one overall pick. What I would say though is, as in terms of you know, is he gonna have some growing pains, unlike Justin Fields? Because Justin Fields might come in in a better position with a better quarterback or a better or a better team, a better head coach in that position. But you can't say that he's gonna go ahead of them. So I I, I see the thought process, but I can't see it, Mike.
2: Yeah, yeah. So I I just don't rule it out as a possibility. Um, you know, just when you when you look about when you think about the type of system that Urban Meyer wants to run in the NFL. Uh, it's just you know I just see it as a high possibility and Justin Fields is the prototypical quarterback that we see thriving in today's game and uh, so I, I can see him fitting well in a certain situation that makes sense. You never know. Um, it's it's going to be interesting wherever these guys go because they, they, they're going to shine regardless. But uh, Trevor Lawrence, don't get me wrong, he's a he's a highly touted stud. He's 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 all world and, and things like that. But um, these dual threat quarterbacks on, on a different level. He's a dual threat quarterback as well. Don't get me wrong, but. Oh, man. I just. He's I, not I, the athlete that just yeah. Fields or, or the
1: athlete Something that, about the wild. Uh, fact, um, you know, Zach Wilson and Trey Lance. Yes, are, I, I, I,
2: yeah. It's like a wild factor thing for me.
1: Right. So now the last question here comes fit. It, where do you see this shaping up? We we both agree that. I mean, I believe that, um you know, Trevor Lawrence will go one and we're uh, like leaning Wilson, towards yeah. him too. Now, when you talk about fit and, and, and stuff like that, when I say a quarterback, what teams would you match them with as in terms of their skill set, as in terms of best fit for these top quarterbacks?
2: I can see Zach Wilson with the 49ers at number three. I could definitely see that. Um, I can see Kyle Shanahan making that move and um, him, him thriving in that offense. Um, I definitely could see Trevor. I could see Trevor going to any one of these teams, to be honest with you. But Jacksonville is more than likely the, uh, the opportunity for him. Uh, with the young weapons that they have out there, if they add another piece on the outside, that's all that's that's that they that can match with them uh, I I could definitely see that happening um Trey Lance Trey Lance that's somebody who might drop down Trey Lance is interesting because Trey Lance is somebody that I don't feel like this is a
1: uh I'm not sold a, on a him right I, move. I'm I'm not really sold on him I, I'm, I'm not sold
2: on him, but the, 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 this is an opportunity for me this is where I think he might go cuz the, the Detroit Lions have the 7th pick Mhm and they already have Jared Goff, but I wouldn't be surprised if they get somebody like a Trey Lance if he drops down Thanks. because we know what we get from Jared Goff. But Jared Goff, had, had we, it feels like we've seen his peak. And when you have a situation where you can get a younger quarterback and mold him uh, potentially under and get ready for him, no matter what the situation would be at Goff, I could see Trey Lance potentially coming in as a backup quarterback but then potentially becoming a starter later on down in the season or, or within a year to come. That That would be a great situation for him in my opinion.
1: I agree. I agree there as well. When you talk about Justin Fields and Mac Jones, where do you stand on that? Justin
2: Field. Justin Fields is, is he's he's tricky because he's a guy, man. I just I just love what I saw, especially the, the last uh, few games.
1: He he. Uh, I think he cop- woke some people up, Mike, in that national up. semifinal against. Ooh, Clim- yeah. What he
2: did in that semifinals, man, he woke me up, Sebby. I yep. mean, like the throws he was making down the field, the down the field accuracy is what impressed me especially in the, in, the, in the in in big games and tight situations that the it, it was his down the field accuracy it was it was very impressive and his poise in the pocket i mean his footwork he he looked he looked like a, a prototypical quarterback and he wasn't forcing the run he he took what the game he took what the defense gave him so he he started to mature and grow as we, as the season progressed as the game as the the games got bigger so i i i see him you know i can see him fitting with a team like the jets However, I like the direction they're going because the Jets are a a building team. They're they're a high-market team, and they actually have some nice pieces there. A a prototypical quarterback, a nice quarterback would fit with them. However, I still believe in Sam Donald. That's the only tricky part with me. I still feel like Sam Donald still has it done. So Justin Fields is a wild card, and he's one of those players that he he can be a, a franchise quarterback right away depending on the situation he gets put in.
1: Absolutely. I, yeah. I
2: like him with the Denver Broncos, though. Don't get me wrong. I really like him with the Denver Broncos if the Broncos tend to trade up in that top 10 because the Broncos are a quarterback away from really uh, changing some things.
1: Yep, yeah, absolutely. there yeah, for sure. Lots to talk about as April comes on um, here for the draft. But very short-lived, but when we come back, the best part of this segment today, our two great guests joins us. The Sebi Podcast Radio Show. Do not go anywhere. And we are back here on the Sebi Podcast radio show. I am thrilled and excited for this episode on this segment, the guests that we have today. We have a star-studded lineup. Amy Otterbert, of course, a returning guest, a dear friend of mine, um, contributor for the G League for the Toronto Raptors, uh, obviously a Hurricane alum. And, of course, Miss Joanne McKay as well, who is a coach and also a a life sc- skills coach as well ladies it's a pleasure to have both of you guys on today with us
0: thank you so much thank you for having us
1: Absolutely.
0: yes it's march this is like
3: the best time of the year right So uh, tell me about it.
1: Rolling. <laughs> <laughs> well before we talk about what march is really all about um i want to start off with you joanne because um you are our first first timer here on the show um talk to us a little bit about um yourself and some stuff that you've done i know you've got this great book Secret Warrior, which I haven't read yet. Um, <laughs> Shockwaves all around. But um, just tell us a little bit about about what you're doing.
0: Yeah, I, after stepping away, um, you know, a coach turned author and doing writing and lots of podcasts and Zooms and trying to elevate awareness about mental health, um, bring it to the forefront. It's a little unusual, I think, for a coach to do that because we're kind of vulnerable on the big stage. Uh, but at 55, I kind of thought it was time and try, time to share my story and hope that it could help out people. Uh, everyone's story is different with mental health and physical health. And so it's, it's just my story. And if it can help, great. Um, but I've loved coaching for 28 years. And right now I'm out of it. And I guess I could stay out of it or I could come back. I, I'm not sure.
2: <laughs> awesome.
1: Awesome there. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah,
2: definitely. Uh talk talk to me uh, 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 excuse me. Talk to me about this book, um The Secret Warrior. What's the what's the best review you've gotten from your book so far?
0: Uh the best review really has been obviously a lot of uh, colleagues and friends, but the Kirkus review is more of a professional review and that came in yesterday and um I just loved how they described the authenticity of the story and being diagnosed with bipolar one and two when I was age 30, after giving birth to my first child. And um, I was grateful for the review. It's something that we can, you know, sh- put out there. We, we want this book to be also an academic book and a real life story that can be used in psychology courses in high school and in college and maybe even first year residents of psychiatry. Um, it's got a sports element, um, and Kirkus Review thought that was okay, but, but rather like the other side element, the mental health element, which I thought was kind of an interesting comment. Um, but overall, it's been received well, and it's something I'll be working on for a while, and public speaking, motivational speaking, Book signings and things like things
1: of that nature. Awesome. I'm gonna pass it on here to the Virgo because I guess she's getting very impatient there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, the question is obviously we talk about college hoops. Uh, can anybody beat Gonzaga? They they've been the best team overall. Uh, probably least one of the best teams of all time. they they've got this ghost behind them, the Indiana team of '75 and '76 behind them. So, Amy, the question is 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 Gonzaga Beatable
3: finished in game and then have to still find a way to win it, right? That was an elite eight game. So yes. I, that's why I, I choose Stanford, but really like that side goes either way. And I'm I'm really excited about tonight <laughs> guys.
0: <Yeah. laughs> well, it's kinda interesting, you know, at four nice tip off five yeah. fourteen for Houston Baylor. That's awesome. So we can get a look at that, but then I gotta switch over yeah. at six. Yeah. <laughs> Then I got a real problem 834 that's okay um can catch some of that so it, it's it's major you know with the hitting the button you there know, being real I,
3: I you know I, I like to call these positive problems <laughs> They're
0: yeah, yeah. But losing I know
3: head, I, I, I will, know they really are but I would say with the the Baylor men ask I mean they obviously have the backcourt Davion Mitchell is one of the most exciting guards I think to watch I think the stat was 83% of Baylor's scoring comes from the perimeter. And so that's going to be the big challenge, right? I mean, Houston, you could argue, is one of the best defensive teams in the country. So there's the matchup right there. But in terms of the Baylor-Houston matchup on the men's side, to me, I, I look at the game, and, and Coach, you're probably shaking your head because you know this side of it. I almost throw the schematics out. This is a storyline game. This is an in-state rivalry. This is the Big 12 and the American And this is maybe that number two Houston seed having a little chip on their shoulders because don't forget if you look at both of these rosters, there's a lot of guys from Houston, or not Houston, Texas, and you probably get the feeling that they know each other.
0: Yeah, and and, 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 yeah, yeah. I got to piggyback off you on that because you make a great point. I mean, God forbid if Houston beats Baylor. I mean, mean, that's the thing, right? All the pressure's on Baylor. And how can they walk around in the state? Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah that's Texas, funny. Texas, that's
3: really Texas that is out. one of my, I don't know. I don't want to offend anybody. Texas is one of my favorite states. They don't play around there. I don't care if you're talking about their football <laughs> or their burritos. Like we are mar- margaritas. Like they don't mess around in Texas. So, Amy, they don't mess
0: around either in high school. It's the only <laughs> yeah. state I know that has a class dedicated towards their sport. Yeah. So you're going to recruit, you're like, okay, let me go watch – you know, I remember watching the Aguma K's in the middle of the day, have an hour where right where you could watch them. And then later they practice. I mean, I'm just telling you, they take their stuff seriously. Yeah. I mean, th- those schools in Texas are organized and they're going to have their sports and academics too. It's amazing. Yeah, I agree. So this is like I
3: said, I obviously like, we love to dive into the stats and the system, the schematics of the game and the game plans and all that stuff. But I think there's so much more, to this matchup. And this is what this March, should I say March because we can still say in that month, but this is like what it's about, right? Like this is these pulling the deep reaching deep in your soul and pulling those stories. And, and why are you playing? That's what this tournament to me has always been about. Right. Uh, and so I'm excited to see, to see this matchup. I think it's going to be pretty incredible. I think Calvin Sampson's going to have his team ready to go. Let's say that.
1: I'm, I'm, we're just sitting back and just enjoying this. <laughs> don't, mind <laughs> us. don't mind us. We love we love engagement and dialogue like this. Yeah. So uh, uh, don't get me wrong, but go ahead, Mike. Yeah. You were saying something.
2: Yeah, definitely. Uh, this was this, this it was amazing dialogue. I, I, I was I was thoroughly listening to both of you. Um, uh, Amy, I want to get your thoughts on being part of the first all female broadcast crew in the NBA. What was your thoughts? <laughs> on that?
3: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> a bit of a blur actually on the game day, to be honest. So much oh. happening and going on. Um, I I think that it was, uh, it was an important day, especially this was in in the, on the Canadian side of stuff. This has never happened before. Um, that was important. It was important. We did see a lot of fan interaction, young girls at home watching, and you don't always see women in play by play in analyst positions, um, especially obviously on the men's side of the sport. So that's important. That being said, did I get to wake up and go do my job? And was I prepared? Yeah. Like I'm proud of what we did, but I mean, I woke up Thursday and it's like, all right, what's next? And I Hmm. I think it's just a constant, even this conversation, it's just a constant sense of humility to, to be able to, to talk and, and be a part of this sport because you know what coach is doing with her book, like that's bravery, that's courage. Those are the kind of things that are the most important on our platforms because those are what's hitting the people at home the most. Those are real things. So I do. Yeah. I think that I. I hope we were able to inspire a lot of young women because I didn't get to when I grew up in uh, on the Canadian side of the border. I didn't get to see women be color analysts and be play-by-play commentators. So that is important, and I don't take that lightly at all. That being said, there's there's a lot a lot of work to do uh, all the way all the way around, and so we just keep keep going.
2: Yeah, coach. Coach, I had a question for you as well. Um, I don't know if you recently saw what Enrique Agumuale Arike, uh, uh, has said on uh, Twitter, but I, yeah. but I'll read the quote real quick. She said, "These new uh, uh, quote These new kids are different with this transfer and stuff." I remember I thought uh, I was all that my freshman year didn't ha- didn't play as much and as I would have liked. So I told my parents I wanted to leave. They told me to shut up, and that was the end of the convo. And then she says, <laughs> "And then she said, don't get me wrong, I know sometimes the fit isn't good." Or, uh, good or there are individual issues with the coach, et cetera. But a lot of times you got to look yourself in the mirror and do the work. What was your thoughts on that quote and how, and how does that resonate not only with sports, but in life in general?
0: Yeah, I tell you, that's a, Arike had a great tweet and Amy there as a trendsetter history maker. Again, I got to say how cool that is for me from a coaching perspective to hear about your, your experience and all that you're doing. So I got to say that first, but with Arike, I mean, she hit it right on the head it's ridiculous. I mean, the smallest thing, the, the tiniest thing uh, gets people upset and wanting to look the other direction. And now there's no cost associated with it. There's no barrier or boundary. You know, you can go anywhere you want. And so if you, if a coach even looks the wrong way at a student athlete, you know, the parents are the enablers, you know, I, I go after the parents, they enable and I, I can tell you, I had the same experience, uh, certainly wasn't the player of Enrique's status. But when I was a sophomore, I called my parents up as I sat there in my dorm room at Northwestern and said, you know, I think I'd like to look at another school and you know, try another experience. And they just said, are you kidding me? I mean, they said, deal with whatever you're dealing with. I wasn't playing a ton. I thought I should play more like every kid does. Um, but I'm amazed at what kids come up with. And I'm also amazed at what they come up with even later in life. You know, like, "Hey, coach, why, why did you say this to me about? something you know this is five years later and I'm like gosh first of all I can't remember that and second of all I think <laughs>
2: yeah, and then, I, then
0: the second of all it's a compliment I mean kids can't even take compliments right
3: yeah. I, mean, I mean
0: it's it's unbelievable how we've enabled um the situation and so hard stuff adversity battling through fighting for playing time humility um boy it's and courage you know Amy said something about courage it doesn't take any bit of courage to transfer unless there's some kind of incredible situation, you know, a health reason to be closer to a family member, or you know, something like that. But, gosh, it, it's disheartening, and it doesn't make you loyal to teams or loyal to players.
1: Did Did you have any experience like that in Amy down there in the? Uh,
0: well, again,
3: when you play, it's much different, right? But I, I actually went through a coaching change, and I, that was a scary time for me because new coach comes in and you, you think, is it time to get out? But for me, just like, I love the school. I love my friends. I love what I built and I knew I could show up and work my tail off every day and whatever happens happens. And and that's why I stayed. And, and I'm, I'm glad I did. But the coach's point, you know, I, I think about, I feel, first of all, I feel terrible for the coaches with this because she said this is just going to make their lives incredible. It, it's already the toughest lifestyle. I think I could ever imagine it's adding a whole nother layer to it. And, and, I, listen, I'm not an, and I'm not an advocate of a one and done on the men's side. I think the NCAA tournaments are going to look very different in a couple of years from now, because when you don't wear a shirt for four years, when you don't get everything, you've had something that pulls something else out of you. Right. And, and like you said, it's just there's going to be a lot less loyalty to your school. That's one of the things I love the most about college athletics. And we're already starting to lose it on the men's side with so much of the one and dones and all that situation. This now is just going to, in my opinion, completely change the way we look at the
0: NCAA tournament. Hmm. And Amy, that again, that four-year experience. I mean, think about the growth. You know, my yeah. freshman, freshman year, I was lost. Sophomore yeah. year, I worked hard. Didn't always start. You know, kind of was sad about things. Junior year, kind of came into myself. Grew up as a woman. And then senior year, you know, we go to the NCAA tournament. You know, we, we gel as a team. Like to miss the continuation of the growth. Yes. To just, like, forget, I mean, that just – it's just a shame. You know, yeah. I, I, could, I could speak all day about it. And you are yeah. correct. It's the reason coaches do get out of coaching. Yeah. Uh, a coach never gets out of coaching because of the relationships with the players or practice or games. Coaches take a step away because recruiting has gone crazy yeah yeah right. and that's right. a lot of what will drive the great coaches out and make it a very volatile situation yeah it's
3: you know what I, right. I would just add one more thing because I you know Norm Powell because I work with the Raptors he just got obviously traded to Portland and they just did a big interview with him and he's amazing and they asked him just about like how he's been able to sustain obviously like doesn't gets drafted second round grinds to the G League finally gets to the Raptors starting championship and now he's traded and he, you know what he said and I was like I was driving and I wanted to just like almost pull over and take a second. He said, because I played four years in college, he said, I stayed at UCLA. I grinded it out. I played behind better players. I didn't transfer. I I truly embraced the grind in college and it made me, it built me for my MBA career and what it was taking. Imagine that like the top of the world, one of the biggest trades, like touch the Larry O and what did he talk about? I couldn't believe it. It came out of nowhere, playing four years in college. I mean, like, it's incredible that that actually is in the mind of some of those guys. And so you wonder, you know, is that going to be such a rarity in a couple of years? And unfortunately, I think the answer is yes, on both the women's and men's side.
1: The women's and the men's side. I know you guys are on a short (laughs) list. You guys have to go. Um, My last question for you ladies is um, Roy Williams, um, him retiring. I want to bring this to you, coach, because... Um, I I know you might know how Roy feels after 33 years in in one program, um, building that after another legend like Dean Smith. I'm not sure what your relationship is with Roy um, as well, but um, what's what's going to be his legacy? his legacy
0: is long. And I really appreciate Roy and his lovely wife, uh, Wanda. We've been on Nike trips together. He introduced me to Coach Dean Smith. Um, I had a conversation with Coach Smith. Uh, I felt very much a kindred spirit. I like Roy very much. He supported me during all my days at Duke and we kind of, we had that, you know, that friendship, you know, friendship from a distance or from a rivalry. My husband's a Carolina grad, so we've always been a mixed marriage and, you know, he's always appreciated my husband for being a Carolina grad. Getting back to Roy, I mean, he's one of the Hall of Famers. He's He's great. He's special. Uh, He's, you know, worked through some difficulty too um, and just, you know, persevered and had an amazing career. And all you can do is celebrate it and think of all the relationships he's created um, and thank him, show gratitude. And um, I know he'll do great things with his grandkids and his family. And uh, we're just grateful to have, have had him and been able to, you know, see him do his work.
1: Absolutely. Go ahead, Mike.
2: No, definitely. I, 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 Now I just I just I wanted to piggyback off what Amy and what both both ladies were saying early on when you were talking about you know development and stuff like that. Do you feel like you know with the four year guys, or, you know when you brought up the Norman Powell story and things like that, do you feel like the lack of you know the one and because of the one and dones in college and the lack of you know players staying in college for four years has that turned has that turned the NBA into a development league? I-
3: I I know, I don't believe so. I think the NBA is still a collection of the best players. But I will say I just finished um, covering the G League season. And obviously when you look at the Ignite team, those those top three or four guys, they were ready. They are ready. And I think that program is important. What I think is going to be paramount for that type of program to be successful is to somehow keep the politics out of it. You've got to give this professional path option to the young you know I, I don't like to call them kids they're young men but the young men that are ready for that the problem is going to turn into um, you know oh take this one because i know this or you owe me this that's going to that's going to mess some, some younger guys up i think but yeah. if they can actually keep the evaluation to to very unbiased and really put those you know when you look at some of the, the Kamingas, and the Jalen Green, i mean they are fan- they were fantastic they do need that type of program that's a great option for them to have but no, I don't think the the NBA is turning into a developmental league at all because, I mean, it's all as we know this is a business and this is a lot of money and, and if guys aren't ready or right. they're not showing and, and and really like coach, you could probably talk on this like just evaluating eight sixteen to eighteen year olds like that's a lot of money to put in if you don't know what's above the shoulders. <laughs> if, if I'm right, <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. I'll,
2: um, go ahead, go ahead Seb. Oh, go ahead, Mike. No, no, I was saying, I, I meant more so, like, you know, obviously these are the most skilled and the best players in the world, but I meant more so from, like, like when you think about the, the four-year guys or the guys that stayed in college longer and their understanding of the game of basketball before they got into the league. Usually with these guys that are one and done, when they come in, it takes them a few years to really understand the game of basketball from a team perspective. Um, it, the, like, So when I say development, I meant from that perspective, like, it's, it's, it's uh, if grasping the mental game. Uh, doesn't come as quick for those guys that are one and done as as they might have done back in the day for the four-year guys.
3: I, I don't think all of them, but I think maybe com- a couple of them are a bit more ready, but I don't think you're going to see the league a majority of yet one and duns, right? And so when you go back to, like, evaluating the shoulders up, do they have the ability to be mentored, to be led, to ex- – mm-hmm. you know? and that's going to be the, the important thing. I mean, even, like, look at James Wiseman, right? Like, he's not blowing it up, but, yeah. you know, he's surrounded by – some of the best maybe like, well, I don't like to consider, I don't consider Tremon the best leader, but at the same time, he's probably like, he probably is encouraging some kind of compete out of him. Right. But I mean, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson. So yeah, like those types of things, I think you'll see more a bit more, but it puts yeah. a lot more onus on those four years or those vets or those experienced guys to take the time to give back to the game, understanding that these guys are going to be around a couple more years. So pass on that knowledge. So I think it's, it's a two-way streak. They got to give and they got to be willing to take.
1: Gotcha. Definitely. Ladies, it's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure to have both of you guys. Um, You guys definitely have to come back with us as well. Um, I have to get that book coach. (laughs) So um, please send a copy my way. Hey, (laughs) hey, email
0: me, Uh, email me your
1: address. (laughs) I got you. Um, But if you guys want to connect with Amy and, uh, coach their description um to their info will be on the description box below but as for us and you virgos um we would like to have both of you guys back great. Again. Yeah. yeah great to talk with you guys thank great to
0: talk you. with you Amy yes yeah.
2: yeah,
3: enjoy enjoy tonight I know I don't know we're <laughs> oh, yeah. about tomorrow but enjoy
2: tonight this is gonna be big here <laughs> lots of fun <laughs> yeah. thank you ladies I appreciate it coach I need a copy as well okay well you gotta send me your
0: stuff <laughs> you know it's like you gotta send me your stuff
2: no problem. No problem <laughs> okay. not at all. Take care. Thank you very much. Thank we'll, you. Thanks, guys. We'll be back.
1: Bye bye. We're back here inside Studio Z. Opulent inventory, opulent inventory. That's right. Any Apple item of your dreams, twenty percent off. Promo code: Podcasts. AirPods to iPhones to MacBooks to Apple TV. Now you name it, you've got it. These guys, they're they're gems. Opulent inventory for all your Apple items. Contact them today mike that might have been the best one yet man They're <laughs> talking uh, about nike trips talking, like, i want to go to nike trips too like let me, let me coach, uh, coach dean smith and all that uh but um some great knowledge yet again uh by some of these guests that they have for us i feel like Mike, we we, we got to start having some potluck or something like some sort of gathering uh to kind of uh, thank these 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 people
2: yeah, for sure, man. Yeah, we I feel like we said it a lot for our guests, but but this this time it, it rain it rains it rains supreme for sure. This this the, these these two were, were phenomenal. as knowledgeable about the game and uh they really they really it today and I, I'm excited for it. It was it was great energy.
1: Yep, definitely great there for sure. Our last segment can't conclude without the NBA. Um lots of things that are going on. Uh, We talked about the guys that happen in in free agency deadlines, but there's some that are obviously, Mike, are immediately having some immediate impact. You talk about Aaron Gordon with the Denver Nuggets, what they did last night (laughs) against the Clippers, um, who haven't been themselves uh, for these right um, in recent games. But um, Denver, man, this new look Denver team, where they can switch everything because of the ability of Aaron Gordon as a scorer and his defensive prowess. At 6'9", bothering guys like Kawhi Leonard, who's 267 who's But um, Denver Mike and Aaron Gordon, a match made in heaven.
2: <laughs> Absolutely, man. This Denver team is my my sleeper team. I have, uh, you know, either one of the LA teams potentially coming out of the uh, West, but this Denver team is 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 my sleeping dark horse team to come out of the West and make it to the NBA Finals. When you think about how deep they are, when you think about how they matured over the last wow. couple of years, every year losing in the second round to Portland in their seven games, they coming back and coming back from a three one deficit twice in the in the bubble, and 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 uh, and losing to the Lakers, but but playing very competitive against the Lakers that experience. Alone is helping this team, and not only that, they got better, Sebby. They got better. I mean, th- th- this team finds a way to add depth to this, uh, to the rotation, but smart depth that solidifies their role. I mean, this Denver team is special, man. So I, I see, I see that that rotation being heavy uh, come playoff time, and, and giving teams, team teams a huge problem. But uh, yeah, yeah, Denver is. Oh man, I, I just love what I've seen from them, and offensively, defensively, they can make it happen.
1: Absolutely there for sure. We talked about the Clippers having struggles. I mentioned the Lakers without LeBron and AD. I I, I didn't want to say I didn't tell you, Mike, but I (laughs) I looked at their schedule. I told you growing pains were coming. told you growing pains were coming. I expect them to continue losing games. Now, Andre Drummond, uh, they're putting a lot of pressure on this guy. Like, he's their savior. This isn't. Michael Jordan or Kevin Durant coming in, where you get an immediate impact on both ends of the floor. This is just Andre Drummond, who's a quality vet that adds a dimension for you to get to where you want to be, and that's on the mountaintop and win the title. But I didn't want to say I didn't tell you, Mike.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's been bad. So I ain't gonna lie, he was right. It's been it's been bad. I mean, we're looking at the same like almost similar Laker product that we saw uh, post Kobe and uh, post Kobe Bryant and right before lebron's um uh, uh arrival so yeah so it's, it's 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 definitely um it's definitely looking like the the old lakers um we know how lethal they'll be when they get their guys back i just anticipated that they would look a little bit better based off that championship experience and you know going fighting through adversity and knowing how to win on the biggest level you know going through a little stress like this i didn't think it would look this bad but it's it's look bad, so it's look bad. so I, I know the lakers are waiting for their horses to get back to, so they can properly implement andre drummond into this rotation and get him get him a feel for it with the with the stars so we'll, we'll We'll see what this what this team looks like, like later on down the line. But uh, no matter what seeding they're in, because of how talented they are, they're going to find a way.
1: So uh, <laughs> I, I still believe the Lakers are going to find a way no matter what seeding they end up being. Agreed. Agreed there for sure. We can't finish the show as well, Mike, without talking about clo- Mike's closing arguments. Mike, take it away. Yeah, definitely. Closing argument today,
2: Sammy. It's actually a bold prediction. I actually have a bold prediction um for my closing argument today. It's something I was thinking about last night, and it's something I saw just watching uh, some NBA NBA games this year. In the whether it be this regular season or postseason, I'm banking on this postseason. But I feel like sometime this year, before the uh, play uh, season's over, or in the playoffs this year, we're gonna have a team make thirty threes in a game. Mm. I see. I see it. I see a team making we've been knocking on the door years and years, Sabi. We've been we, we've seen the twenty-one uh uh threes get broken. We've seen twenty-four, we've seen a team get twenty twenty-five almost. I feel like this is the year that we're gonna see a team thirty threes and hit thirty threes in one
1: game. I see it happening. Mm, that's that's hey, that's not far fetched at all. The way yeah. that, you know, if teams shoot at a high clip now. It is not. It is not far fetched at all. I could definitely see that happening. You, 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 you right on that. That, that's, that's wow. That's, that's good. That's a great prediction. Hey, I'm gonna have to quote you on that too because I think that's that's like what 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 came in that thought process on that i was just, just watching i was watching it
2: actually came about when i was watching the nets game last night the nets versus the hornets and i'm just looking mm-hmm. at them rain threes all over the place they're just knocking threes down i don't know how many they hit at the night time but i'm looking at this team like yo they they have so many shooters on this team that on any on any given night they can get hot like this all together and it can come like the culmination of everybody getting hot can result in the thirty threes. Like it's about three or four teams in the league I see potentially doing this. I obviously the Nets, but I see the Clippers too. The Clippers are the best three point shooting team in the league right now. The Clippers could potentially get it done. Um, uh, the Nuggets with their rotations they can potentially get it done. There's a lot of shooting teams out here that can that, that can make that happen. Uh, we, we're in the three point shooting era, so and you never know it could be a dark horse team that surprises. So.
1: Mike's Closing Arguments. You just never know, folks, what he's coming up with. Um, As for ourselves and myself, we want to say so long for you guys. Definitely tune in uh, with us next week for our next guest. I believe we have Mr. Uh, uh, Darius coming in. Isn't that right, Mike? Yes. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Yes. So, that will be our featured guest for next week's episode. We don't like to give him out, but this just a little snippet on that. But for myself, so long we'll say you guys... And we'll see you guys next time. Always. Hey, everyone. We're excited just as much as you guys tonight if you enjoyed this show. And frankly, even some of our other episodes as well. If you want to show your appreciation for the show, ensure that you leave us a rating and a review in our iTunes and Spotify. And remember, you can stay locked in here and connected. Sebbypodcast.info link for the latest news, articles, interviews, and much more. And remember, wherever you're listening on air or online, the Sebby podcast is wherever you go.